It's time to feel the rage. Welcome to Film Rage, where we talk movies. As the cinemas remain closed, we will once again be focusing on streaming and some of our favorite classic movies. Directors and actors, beware, as you cannot hide from the rage. My name is Bryce, and I'm part of the Film Rage crew, which also includes Jim, once again coming to us via his fancy walk-around phone. Hello, Jim. Hey, hey. And Murray is also part of the crew, although he's still on hiatus. So with the introductions out of the way, let's rage on. All right, well, we've got to run down our quick agenda for this week. We got, um, we're going to talk about our friends at Cuff, uh, as this would be their um, festival season right now. So we're going to talk a little bit about them. We're going to talk about streaming. We're going to talk about our lists, quote unquote. We're going to talk about film genre favorites for action slash adventure, or as I like to call it, action slash walking around shit. Uh, open rage, rage or dare, and then closing. So uh, this week um, in streaming, we'll hit you some music butt so I can get into the groove. You ready for the streaming? I'm ready to groove, baby. There oh, snap. Nice. Streaming. Motherfucking streaming. Bryce, where? Streaming. Nice. So, uh, our buddies from Calgary Underground Film Fest. Uh, this is their festival going on. It would be right motherfucking now. And we are sad. The whole city of Calgary is in tears. Um, I'm bummed. For those of you from our... Yeah, I'm like totally bummed. I would have had holidays this week, but instead I'm... Working from home remote and I was, not I was, enjoying I was that taking, either. I was taking the whole week off. It was going to be dedicated to Calgary Underground Film Festival and nothing but. And now I'm yeah. going to work every stinking day. Thanks yeah. a lot, COVID-19. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you've ruined our week. Yeah, you suck. <laughs> I, I hate to think of all the other people's life that's ruined and all we have to miss out on is one film festival. But I know what you're saying. Uh now we know how our friends from South by Southwest West must feel, right? I mean, no kidding. It's, I, I, if you remember me talking about this early in the uh, in the year, I said, this could have major effects going forward. And already we're starting to feel it with our friends at Calgary Underground Film Fest. So what we're going to do quickly here is we're going to run down on um, Cup's website right now. So anybody that wants to check out this information because it's, it's an awesome list. And if you have never seen it, you should check it out. It's go to calgaryundergroundfilm.org. Uh, and we're going to list down their opening galas for the last, how many years? The 15. This would have been our 15th year. 16th year, isn't it? 16th, I believe. 17th, actually. 17th. 17th. Crap. Boy, we're good at math. Yeah, yeah we're bad at math. Who, who needs math? Uh, math is so for nerds. Nerds. That's not us. We're film nerds. We only know about like film stuff and junk. Sure. Uh, <laughs> 2014. Uh, Tamala. 2010. A punk cat in cyberspace, directed by Toll. Not currently available for any viewing at home. Did you see this one? I did not see it. And you meant 2004. I think you said 2014. Uh, no, I said 2000. Oh, man, I probably did. But yeah, I meant 2004. Yeah. In 2004, <laughs> Tamala 2010. What are they doing? Messing with my brain, having yeah, it's all good. right back to back. But yes, no, uh, I did not see that one. That was the first one. I think they had it in like a bar or something. That was where like yeah, the film festival. I think was. So. Yeah. 
Yeah, so when the film festival started in 2014 and it was in a bar. Um, 2004. Why do you keep on saying 2014? I don't know. I'm stuck <laughs> on 2014. 2014 what 2014, what happened to you in 2014, 2014, Jim? Do not talk to me or my counselor about that year. I'm All telling right, you. Fair enough. Uh, two, 2005. Jimmy Work. Uh, director is Simon Schwabe. That would be so uh, This is. Oh, thank you. That's better. Uh, this one's also currently not available for any home viewing. Uh, and we're going to tell you guys how to access these things as you uh, hear them. 2006, uh, a.k.a. Tommy Chong, uh, directed by Josh Gilbert, available yeah. on Amazon Prime. I didn't see and this. And but... Yeah, go ahead. And iTunes and YouTube and Google Play. Yeah, <laughs> And no. you haven't seen this one either. I didn't yeah. see that one. Yeah, I'll check that one out, though. Who doesn't love Tommy Chong? I don't Good know. Good Canadian boy. Absolutely. Uh, 2007, Matthew Barney, No Restraint, director Allison Chernick, available on iTunes, so didn't, you can check that out. Yep, didn't attend that festival either, so I did not see that. Um, and just to give everybody a heads up, there is a Cuff site in iTunes, so if you search Cuff, you'll find it. Yep. Um, where were we? 2008. 2008. What, what we do in is secret, director Roger Grossman. And it's available on iTunes also. Didn't attend that festival as, as, as well, but from now on, you're going to get an opinion from me because 2009 on. All right. I know what's All right. what. As with me. Uh, so 2009, Died Young, Stayed Pretty, directed by Eileen Yagubian, maybe pronounced. And it's available sure. on Amazon Prime. What'd you think? Meh. Yeah, I would agree. I agree. Uh, 2010, finally. Um, uh, Maritanao, directed by Gareth Evans, available on Netflix and Flixbling. Meh. Yeah, I would tend to agree with you on this one, too. Um, 2011, Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Now, all directed by Eli Craig, available on Flixbling and Microsoft Home. Mondo. Yeah, the Mondo. This made one of your top lists, didn't it? It did. Yeah, some comedies, wasn't it? Uh, possibly. I don't know if it was an honorable Something mention. Like We'd have to go back. Go back and listen. It's somewhere. Listen to all our pod. Go back and listen to all our podcasts. It's on one of our lists. Yes. Uh, 2012, God Bless America. Director, Bobcat Goldways. And it's available on iTunes. Total Mondo. Love that movie. Yeah, it's a great Mondo. Yeah, I love this film. Yes. Um... 2013, Big Ass Spider, directed by Mike Mendez, available on Amazon Prime, VOD sites, including iTunes, uh, YouTube, and Cineplex. Meh. Yeah, this was a mondo for me. I love Big Ass Spiders doing stupid stuff with silly stuff the, going the on. Con so. The concept was mondo. The execution was meh. Well, sometimes you're just meh, too. Yeah, well. 2014, Frank, director Lenny Abramson. Uh, available on VOD sites, including iTunes, Google Play, and YouTube. Total Mondo. Yeah, this is one of my favorite movies that Cuff has ever put out. I, I wow. bought this movie. I have the soundtrack. I listened to, I listened to um, the uh, the scene from uh, Michael Fassbender in the in the bar at the end all yep. the time when I'm in a bad mood. I go. love you all. Right on. Uh, 2015 X Machina. Uh, directed by Alex Garland, available on Amazon Prime. Uh, Vod sites including iTunes, YouTube, and Cineplex. 
Ah, Total Mondo, Alicia Vikander. That was kind of her introduction to me, and man, she's awesome. Yeah, I think she goes by they, though. But, um, she I, goes I would by what? I agree with you. They. I'm pretty sure she. They oh, yes, by, they. They go by they. Yes. They, they go by they. They was awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, agreed. This is a great film. Yeah. Was that, and I don't know that people can potentially fact check later. Wasn't this a, a Canadian production? Yeah, I'm not sure about that. I guess we'll have to follow up. Uh, 2016, Hunt for the Wilder People, directed by uh, one of our buddies, director Taco Watiti, and it's available on Netflix and VOD sites. Yeah, that's so mondo. What what a pleasure this movie was. Absolute pleasure. Sam Neill, back in the battle. Who didn't love that? Yeah, so good. 2017, The Little Hour, directed (laughs) by Jeff. Baina, available on Netflix and VOD sites. Mondo. Yeah, this one was a meh for me. What? I love this movie. No, not a... No, well, there you go. Whatever. I didn't mind it. It was meh. It was total Uh, Mondo. No, it was meh. Uh, 2018 and and (laughs) Beverly Lost Lamb, director Jim Hosking, available on Amazon Prime, VOD sites, including iTunes, YouTube, and Cineplex. Meh. Oh, this is a big mondo for me. I love this movie. It, it's, uh, it was so weird. It was just the right amount of weird for me. I loved it so much. Because even, the, wasn't Jermaine Clement in this? Uh, yeah, he was. Yeah. Yeah, this, I love I it, it. it. It had some um, yucks in it. Yep, it sure did. Uh, 2019 Little Monsters director Abe Forsyth, available on Amazon Prime and both sites, including iTunes, YouTube, and Cineplex. Yeah, mondo. Yeah, I love this too. And it's, um, crap, her name's escaping me. Oh, what Please is Please let me know the original, the, the uh, main actor. Uh, yeah. Oh, no. We're having a, a breakdown. Oh, Lupita Nyong'o, yes. There you go. God, how terrible. And I love her. Yes. It's great. So, uh, yeah, our buddies from, from Tough. Uh, we give you a big shout out and we're thinking about you this week as well as all of our friends and the fans of the festival that um, we're not going to get together and get to see each other for this. So, yeah, um, yeah please, um, everybody, uh, if you get a chance, go check some of these films out and check out Cuff's site on iTunes. So, there you go. Sounds excellent. All right. Well, let's move into our regular streaming this week. All so right. This week, uh, we you asked me to watch... Tiger Tail. I did ask you to last Tiger Tail, so I'll kind of give my take on it, and then you can come at me with what uh, you think. So that sounds like a great idea. All right, so Tiger Tail uh, released this year on on uh, Netflix. Uh, this movie was great, uh, well written and beautifully shot. Plus, it also is a great example of a movie that does not have to apply that overused plot advice I raged about a few weeks ago. It does not resort to flashing on the screen 60 years ago, 20 years later, present day. It is sent, instead assumes the audience is not completely inept and lets us figure out the timeline through the locations, the scenery, and the dialogue. What a concept. Uh, we follow the central character, Pinju, from childhood through, I would reckon, about a 60-year journey. Um, the film not only spans decades, but uh, countries as well. Uh, the whole story is told with an emphasis on Pinju's point of view, which is part of the genius of it. Sometimes we don't fully understand certain characters, 
because Pinju himself does not understand them. Um, as our lead character finds some enlightenment, we are also enlightened. I found this method of storytelling and character development quite engaging and refreshing. Um, it's always nice when you can tell a screenwriter's affection for the characters, which really shines through in this film. Pinju's whole life was affected by something his grandmother stressed to him when he was a child, and that carries through the entire film. It caused him to react in ways that isolated him from many of his, uh, from many in his life, but perhaps even more uh, his daughter. Um, sometimes when I'm watching a movie, I start screaming in my head, fade to black, fade to black, when the movie is at a point that it would be an absolute perfect ending. This movie faded to black at the perfect time. The ending was flawless. I absolutely loved this movie, and it could not be any more Mondo. What say you, Jim? Well, I would agree with the fact that for the first 10 minutes of this movie, it was Mondo. And then it went on a very gradual decline into probably one of the biggest rages I've ever seen in my life. This movie progresses from this beautiful opening scene uh, to a constant decline uh, in desire to ever see the ending of this boring and terribly written script. Acting and the script was at times so weak, I thought that this was made by children from grade five who are now on covid You've it's lost so your grandy. mind. The example, the example, here's just a perfectly good example of the, con the constructed dialogue uh, uh, that they have. But to, your, to your point where you're talking specifically about um, how his character, there was nothing likable about his character. There was nothing that was developed in him or any of the characters in this movie. Every and character yes, was developed so unbelievably there well. Was nothing. Except there for... Was no, not, no, no, no. And you, you're missing the point. Part of these characters weren't developed because we're seeing it through Pinju's eyes and Pinju didn't understand exactly what was going on. So you, you're missing it completely, man. No, I completely read that. But okay, I don't think you did. No, I completely understood it. I just found the movie boring because there was nothing about it that was... This I, movie I, was so refreshing. It was original uh, in the way that it would it, it told the story, it was which... A, which you're telling original. me you got, but you what you're saying to me tells me that you didn't get it. No, no. I completely got it. I just found it extremely boring. And I, I so think you need to watch movie. it again. No, God, no. I could not watch more than 15 minutes of this movie. But what I'm going to give you an example of my... Your, your comment about they weren't treating us stupid in one way, but they were treating us stupid in multiple ways. So here's a perfectly good example. I want to say I've probably been to 25 Chinese New Year events in my life. I want to say probably 25 would be a pretty accurate explanation. This is the first time in any movie, in any actual real life experience that I've been to at a Chinese New Year event where the lead character or one of the lead characters, his daughter, has a Chinese New Year party and she says the words, Happy Chinese New Year. That would never be spoken. So who wrote this script? There's no possible way they would have said it. They said Gung Hei Fat Choi, and they would have, she would have said it in Chinese because they would not say it in English. That is That part there alone, I could not get past any further once they <laughs> did that. And then on top of you that... You sound like me focusing that, on one little thing. Oh my God, no, but it was like, there was points like that through the whole movie. I was going like, why did you write that? It's so weak. And then the, oh, the acting, when they were in their... Really oh, the was, acting was, was tremendous. 
It was what are you talking about? Let me, let me finish my other point about about how it treated us like we were morons. Uh, so I want to say thanks for the introduction on how to use Facebook for seniors over the age of 70. Because I, that was like a scene in the movie that you did not need to see. It gave no detail about his character, but it had to show how he got to use Facebook? Come on. I found it that interesting because I have no idea how to use Facebook. <laughs> I mean, you're a 60-year-old man in a 40-year-old body. This is why you like this movie. You know the funniest thing? I love this movie. I didn't like this movie. I loved this movie. I know. So as I was watching it, and I, and my decline was like it was really very gradual because it takes me a while to to really start to say. I was debating it when it was at between Mondo and Matt in my mind as it was gradually declining, and I was like, "Oh my God, Bryce is going to love this movie." And I was still debating at that point. This was maybe twenty minutes in, twenty five minutes in. I was like, "Bryce is going to love this movie," and yes. I know exactly why. And then as I'm watching it, and it just kept getting worse, I got to the point where it was Mondo, and it was reaching, or sorry, when it was in the math phase, and it was declining into, and I just thought to myself, it, it was a point in the movie, and I said, do I, do I even just want to turn this off? And I was watching it with my wife, and I was like, do you care what happens to anybody in this movie? She's like, no. Like, I really don't, neither one of us cared about any of them. It's like, they didn't show any. We had no emotional. Talk, at least I didn't. How is that possible? Did, because you, because he taught you how to use Facebook. But I, I felt nothing for him. The only person I felt for in the whole movie was his daughter. Yeah, yeah. You, you missed the point completely. I, I just have, no, I, I just, ha I just have one thing to say about all of that. Are you ready? Okay, let's go. <laughs> That's what I think of your review of that movie. <laughs> All right. Well, let's so put that in your pipe and smoke it, Jim. That was. Oh, I'm gonna get off this thing and I'm gonna smoke a big pipe of it. All uh, right. This, let's move this on. Was a hard rage for me. It was. A it was. It was a super mondo. You're talking about how it went from you know mondo to to rage. Well, it went from mondo to super mondo because it had the perfect ending. All right. Let's move there you on. Go. It, yeah. Gotcha. Uh, so the decline. Did you get a chance to see this one? I did. All right. So this is a, a Quebecois action film. It was. And um, I had a lot of hopes for this um, because uh, number one, I love films shot in Quebec. There's there's normally amazing acting. Uh, and the uh, director uh, Patrice Laliberté, maybe. Laliberté, uh, yeah. Sounds good. My accent is bad. Yeah, whatever. Um, I this was a mess for me. I couldn't like there was times where I was raging, and there was times where I was going, "Yes, female lead, kick ass and punch some nuts." But like it, it didn't. It just didn't. Like it was became too predictable. I found it was predictable and a little silly at the end. Really, I thought it had. I thought it had a twist in it just because of the buildup of one certain character that you're like, well, he's. You know that person's yeah, yeah. gonna. Yeah, that was that, a good surprise. That was a good surprise. Because you're talking that. about the female lead. That. Well, I'm not sure that we knew that there was a female lead in this until pretty late in the movie. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> so, spoiler alert for all you out there. Yeah, spoiler alert. There's well, people. Die. It's a little people late, but this movie, there's a lot of killing that happens. Um, there, there's a but, lot of killing, yeah. But but what was it was what the thing is it was to me it was predictable because when they were in the car. 
sitting there, and people will get to this point in the movie. You thought that I, was I predictable? Wife, no, no, no. Oh, okay. As they were sitting in the car, I turned to my wife and said, okay, which one's going to get shot in the head? <laughs> that, here's the, here's the thing. Okay, so we're in spoiler territory. I guessed wrong. <laughs> just, just because the way that they built it up was pretty clever because they started with, you know, that character. And, you know, yeah. th that's the character yeah, yeah. we knew the yep. most about. So, you know, I thought yeah. that was clever the way they did that. Yeah, no, I, hey, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not debating you on the fact. I think what was bothersome to me is that they made her out, this, this heroine, out to be smart. She was smart through the whole movie. And then as it got later in the movie, when they got to the up-close fighting scenes and when they got to the house, and it was just like, okay, when did you get so dumb all of a sudden? She's shooting bullets at nothing. <laughs> and she she had, like, when they went on the target practice at the beginning, uh, she was hitting everything. She was like, yeah. bam, you two are... You two are stars. Yeah. And then it was just like, okay, so you're, it, a, you're a superstar. Yeah. You also can kick the ass of every guy that approached you. Because through the movie, there's this whole training session. And then all of a sudden, oh, I'm a helpless woman because there's a big, strong, burly man there to beat me up. So yeah. that, did I, did I enjoy this movie? I did enjoy it because I yeah. love to see women kick men's ass yeah. and get revenge. Well, that, that's the thing. Could it have been better? It yeah. definitely, definitely could have been better. And, you know, like the story was decent. It was a good concept. And I like yeah. the, the only character in the movie that I didn't find completely annoying was the one who kind of triumphs in the end. So that was nice. Um, it clocked yeah. in at a brisk, you know, hour and 20 some odd minutes, which was perfect length for the, yeah. this type of story. Um, they didn't like, you know, you know, go yeah. two hours with it, which would have been brutal. Um, all the characters were <laughs> yeah. fairly developed as their motivations were all touched upon. So that was good. Um, you know, and overall it was a fairly entertaining romp, but you know, with a fairly satisfying ending, liked it, didn't love it. So yeah, I, I yeah. say meh as well. Yeah, good. Well, look at that. We came out of, uh, bipolarism straight into <laughs> agreement. I love it. There you go. <laughs> all right, let's move on to I the love, next one. It. Love when a plan comes together. Nice. Well, every now, every now and then we agree. Well, we may agree on this one too. Yeah, I have, uh, a, I have so, a feeling we're going to, but man, holy. Right, anyways, I'm yeah, just so we, I'm uh, just gonna get into it. Bethany, Beth Bethany Hamilton, so unstoppable. Um, yeah, uh, movies from 2018. Um, here's what it's I really think. On of, Netflix. Yeah, it's Is it's it on. Netflix? Yeah, it was on Netflix. Uh, so Bethany Hamilton, Unstoppable. Uh, it's the story of a 13-year-old who loses her arm to a shark attack but refuses to give up her dream of being a pro surfer. Um, I was first introduced to her, to her in the biopic Soul Surfer in 2011 and found myself yeah. thinking no 13-year-old could possibly be that optimistic. Well, according to this documentary, I was wrong. Um, and while this story should be at the, <laughs> at the very least inspirational, it has failed to land with me in both attempts. Neither film made me care. How come I am so annoyed by this person who has apparently inspired little girls around the world? How could two different directors tell what should be a slam dunk inspirational story cause me to feel at the most indifferent? As popular as this, or as unpopular as this may make me, I find it hard to be moved emotionally by a spoiled little girl who lived in Hawaii, a block away from the ocean, who got to spend every day surfing. Yeah, she lost her arm, but it doesn't seem to have bothered her, so why should it bother me? 
In fact, I think Bethany, as she is painted in this doc, should have no problem with me being critical of her, as she feels the shark attack should have no bearing on how she is perceived. So with that being said, why the heck is an unranked surfer continue to get wildcard spots in surfing competitions? I'll leave that with you. I found myself rooting for her opponents in every competition they focused on. Does this make me a bad person? As I was watching this movie and the third hour of it went by, wait a minute, we were only an hour in at that point. <laughs> My goodness, what a boring movie. And oh, by the way, do not make the same mistake as I did and watch the full end credits. Not only does it take forever to roll through all the, all the Kickstarter contributors, but then when you think that it's finally over, you get a cheap plug for her children's book. This may, this may make me seem heartless, but this movie was a rage. What do you think about that, Jim? You know what? I, uh, I cannot argue with one thing that you have said. Although I will add a point to the point, your pointed question, which was, uh, does it make me a bad person? For, for thinking this way and the answer is yes it does okay we've already fair enough this. you have a you have a cold dead black heart but i have to have to agree with you on multiple points that you've made <laughs> the only thing that i actually liked about this entire movie was the visuals if they could have if i could have turned it off and edited it so it was just showing some of the amazing footage that this film brought out i would have loved it but because they had her talking and her husband, who seemed like he was basically just her slave, um, yeah. walking around doing whatever they sh she wanted, whenever she wanted it. And to your point, I was when I was watching it, there was a scene in the movie um, where she, like, it was almost like she got all this notoriety and she even talked about the fact that, you know, she kind of left um, surfing for a while because, um, you know, she was too busy writing books and traveling around meeting Oprah doing whatever else she was doing. Yeah. And, you know, maybe she, maybe it was that stardom and, uh, you know, uh, the publicity that caused her to be the way she was. But I got the same feeling. She, was, she seemed that way like, before then, to be honest. But but that didn't help. Yeah, I don't know. But, but I mean, obviously, she, was, she had a big head because oh, yeah. she was pretty good at what she did, right? Like, she was an up-and-comer. She'd won all kinds of... Um, events and you so, know what? So what I'm getting, what I'm getting, think, what I'm getting from you a little bit here is though I don't know if you remembered, but I think it was a little over an hour into it. There was like a like a music video montage of it, of like you know all these action sequences and the surfing and all this. And I think it lasted about three and a half minutes or something. So basically, they should have scrapped the whole film, just had that, and that would have been fine then we would have had three and a half minutes out of our lives instead of an hour and 40. It was an hour and like 42 minutes. What? Did we really need yeah. that? No, we didn't. But it, it's funny how you said this. There's not very many movies that I'm watching the movie and I'm going like, when is this not over yet? Like as I was, I know. I felt, it, I felt the same way. I like, paused it and I'm like, this has got to be. Had to pause it yeah. Because I had to go make supper. And yeah. I was like, Wait a minute! Shouldn't this be over by now? Uh, Didn't I start? Walking? I couldn't believe there was forty minutes left. I was like, no! <laughs> I started to cry a little bit. <laughs> it was so painful. Oh my god! Uh, yeah, 
right. Well, I guess, I guess we're both going to hell for making fun of this one-armed lady that's so inspirational. But whatever. Well, we're not making fun of her. We're making well, fun of her terrible advertising plug. Well, her, her, her terrible advertising plug and the fact that, yeah, that she keeps on getting painted as this wonderful person that I just, yeah. I don't see. Well, you'll it, be happy to know. I did a bit of research and she hasn't done anything since 2016 other than this movie and another bunch of stupid books oh, good. about well, how she's overcome adversity. So hopefully she'll never anyway. be on my radar again. Yeah. Well, we'll remember that name, but not for the reasons that people want us to. Yes. All right, sir. So double rage. Yes. All right. Double rage. Indeed. Uh, submissions to the doubted, undoubted, and mesmerized list this week. All right. Uh, I did not come up with any. What about you? So you kind of gave me a challenge to, like, find an I undoubted, did. which, holy crap, I sat there for an hour just going through actor after actor after actor, and it's actually going to contribute to my rage a little bit in, in uh, coming up, a little spoiler for you all. Sweet. Um, but I've, I've got a submission and you might, it might get just absolutely turfed right away. Cause unless you found one of these movies to be Mondo, we might be in severe trouble. Are you right. sure you should be right. putting this forward as a doubted instead of an undoubted? No, I should absolutely be putting it as a undoubted. The man's name right. is Benicio is? Del Toro. And here's the problem. <laughs> and it's a big one. He has made some crappers. No, nope, he's he's made no last 10 have been great, but and I'll, I'll You can 10. you can give me whether yeah, you can give me whether you well not great. Here's here's where the problem goes. His his last, I think it's his uh second last and his third last. So unless you think one of these is Mondo, it's not so it's 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 a no-go for Benicio. But don't even tell me. Let me go through the whole thing and then you can tell me what you think of one of those movies. Okay, so and say, we'll we'll go right go from backwards to, to more present day so that Well you I know can I, tell you my Mondo map. Okay? I'm gonna okay where are you starting? We can we can do that. We can do that. Yep. Okay, Start so from where you're starting. So the so the tenth last movie he was in, ten movies ago, yep. was yep. Jimmy Jimmy P. Which Okay. Well, not many people have seen. It was a man. I haven't seen it. So, I haven't seen it. Okay. For the Dark World. I thought it was a Mondo. I agree. Although Mondo. although technically he's barely in it. But he's in yeah. it. But hey, he's in it. Yep. Yeah. Hey, we got um, matching Mondo. Let's okay. go. So, Guardians of the Galaxy. I think it's a Mondo. That was a Mondo. Absolutely. Yep. Um, now, uh, if it was Guardians of the Galaxy 2, it is not a Mondo. He, keep going. He wasn't in Gar Gar Guardians of the Galaxy 2, amazingly enough. I know. <laughs> so, uh, thank God. Uh, yes. <laughs> it, it gives him a fighting chance. Uh, yes. Okay. Escobar, Paradise Lost. Ma meh. Mondo. Okay, Mondo for, was Mondo for you. Mondo for me. Uh, Inherent Vice was a Mondo for me. Super Mondo. Super cool. Mondo for me. A Perfect Day was a Mondo for me. Yeah, same here. Super Mondo. How is this guy not on the list? But here's the the problems are coming up. Not in this next movie though. Sicario no. was a Super Mondo. It was a man for me actually. Sicario was a man. Oh, then we're screwed. Yeah, I'm sorry. Because not really. 
Well, I think we are because I don't think you're going to give this next movie a mondo. <laughs> the next movie is Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi. Meh. Yeah, that's a meh. That's yeah. a double meh. And and I wasn't. Keep going. I wasn't even. I wasn't okay. even worried about that because I thought Sicario was such a mondo. I love. How can you not love Sicario? It was so good. But anyways, whatever. Mm. And uh, that, so, you know what? I had. I, I can talk about that later. But it was. It was a meh, almost mondo. I could. I could bend the mondo if it made a difference, but you're right. As we get further into this, there's double maths written all over the place. Uh, <laughs> well, the, the, the next one is Avengers Infinity War, which, which I to me was a meh. Which for me was a mondo. I actually really liked it. I meh Star Wars Episode Eight, but I mondo Avengers Infinity War. But and oh well, and then Sicario and then Day. then Sicario Day of the Soldado, uh, Soldado, I should say. I say it right, Bryce. Um, it was also a mondo for me, and apparently I'm gonna, you're going to man hit, I'm guessing. Because if you didn't yeah, like Sicario, was this wasn't as good. Yeah, it was still second, mondo, the but... second one wasn't as good. Yeah. Well, I, I could bend on. Like, yeah. yeah. I, could, I, I can't go with... But then you're going to go man, man. man. Well, the, you're, as There's I say... There's well, in there anyway. The Avengers and the Star Wars is what I was worried about, that those were back-to-back for him, and apparently that's, that's uh, turfed him. So I did my best, man. But, I went through yeah, actor after really actor, and th- you know what? Like, there's so much Mondo in there, but when you go back-to-back mess, that's why it's so hard to make this list. Well, well I'm glad. I mean, shit, if it was that easy, there'd be too many people on it. Absolutely. It shouldn't be. And absolutely. So is he not on our mesmerized list? Is he on our mesmerized list? Uh, he isn't, so list? no, he's not. So I guess he's uh, instantly he's getting, yeah, he's, he's getting put on. That's yeah, a no-brainer. Agreed. Yep. Yep. All agreed right. on that. So that's down a, on one list, up on another. <laughs> he, get, he gets the consolation prize, which isn't such a bad that's one. Right. Not a bad one at nope. all. He's on our list. He's nice. still mesmerizing, always. All right, sir. So we are going on to our next segment. So uh, we had the task of... Uh, going over some of our favorite films this uh, of uh, the action-adventure genre this week. Uh, I believe you've got a whole schwack of them to go through. From what I understand, you didn't stop at the top le- 10 list, but you might even have 10 runners-up, which is crazy because it's action-adventure. I mean, how many, you know, how many could you have, but... What do you, what do you, this uh, is literally my favorite, this is literally my favorite genre. What? Other than, other than, other than specifically zombie horror. Everything goes so fast in these movies. Nobody's walking around. They're all like running and driving. I know. Driving fast cars. And there's noisy explosions. And oh, it's all just. Yes. Yes. I I want a anger-filled, revenge-attacking orgasmatron of pain and suffering I all do, the time. I do like revenge movies, and a couple of them made my list, but why don't we get on with yours? All right, let's do this. Uh, so I'm going to give you, and this, literally, this was some, this is, this is so hard. I had a list of over 100, and I had to get it down what? to 20. Yes, because I've watched so many action films. All right, right. fire now, through your my, honorable I mentions. Not, I did not include, and I'm going to argue that even though there may be superheroes on this list, I tried to stay away from superheroes at all. So did I. Um, I just did not. I did not want to do it. I think that's another subgenre we could do. That's that's, that's what I was thinking. If we ever do it someday, we can do our top ten 
you know superhero movies at some point but i don't think that belongs on this list it's a totally separate thing yeah so i mean you may argue me because there's maybe one or two that could be potential uh but not okay well here's my honorable mention number 10 honorable mention going to number one is speed uh as far as car chases go they can't hold a candle to a bus uh number nine no country for old men coen brothers bardam say no more yeah uh, the Raid, number one, speaks for itself. Uh, number seven, uh, Oh Brother, We're Out There, Coen Brothers again, at their wackiest and most brilliant. Excellent movie. Uh, number six, Lawrence of Arabia, Quicksand, In the Desert, Say No More. Cool. Uh, number five, Edge of Tomorrow, sci-fi action, Tom Cruise, yes, please. Yeah. Uh Number four, the entire Mission Impossible series. What? Uh, take your pick which one. Doesn't matter. Tom Cruise series again. The one where he's in uh, the, on the building in like Dubai or whatever. That was pretty cool. The rest of them yeah. sucked. You suck. Uh, but he, he's a real action hero. Like he's, he's just a guy. He does his own stunts. He's just. It's like four um, feet tall. And, uh, yeah, so. <laughs> Little people can be, can be action stars. Fair enough. Uh, and speaking of little people, number three uh, is Rumble in the Bronx from my buddy Jackie Chan. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Biggest American release to that point, and breaks his ankle doing his own stunts. He really is an action hero. Parkour before there was even a thing. No like, kidding, this eh? Movie. I watched it again, uh, actually two days ago, and I just still love it. Uh, it's it's fun. You, you got to watch the outtakes. So, oh, at the end, it's great. And then you can buy this on iTunes for, I think, 10 bucks right now. So, good deal. Yeah. Uh, number he's, two. He's had some be better stuff, multiple. though, man. Jackie Chan, Police Story 2, come on. Oh, Police Story 1 and 2 and 3. They're all good. There you but go. this one, to me, it was, like, I tried to take myself back to the moment. When you know I what? It was, it was a the big deal when this one got released because we'd never really seen yeah. it before. Yeah, I get it. Well, and, and, and at the time when it came out, right, it was like no one had seen action like this. Yeah. No one, no one had touched anything. Like he's done, I mean, it kind of became his shtick for a while, right? Is that, wow, well, how's he going to kick ass with this? Like to me, and I'm, I'm not sure, I think it was uh, Stanley, was it Stanley Tong or, um, anyway, I think he probably worked with, um, Keanu Reeves and had influences. You know, there's, there's that whole Hong Kong action, which kind of was in, enveloped in this movie too. So, cool. um, number two, the fifth element, great cast. Uh, and oh, guess who directed it? Luke Besson, who's yep. always on my eleven list. Well, Luke, Luke uh, Besson is is uh, made it onto my top ten. So, not with wait, that movie I though. It's, it's the, I bet you it's the same movie that's also in my top ten. I bet you it is. Uh, <laughs> and the number one on my honorable mention. The number one Robert honorable Rodriguez, mention. That's right. Is Robert Rodriguez's first feature film, and man. Dude, El Mariachi? I love this movie. El Mariachi. Uh, the first, first view I ever seen it, never stopped loving Rodriguez after this. Yeah. He's another one on my 11 list. I love the guy. Totally get that. Now I'm going to move into a category that I know you're going to hate because it's back-to-back directors that are the exact, the same director. Uh, two different franchises. I love these franchises because to me, they're... The next one, number 10 on my top 10 list, The Kingsman, directed by Matthew Vaughn. The Secret Service, 2014. Uh, <laughs> I even put in my notes, 
I know Bruce may not agree, but the scene in the church was enough to catapult us to my top ten alone. It was so I, every bad. time I think of the, the scene from the the church, it, it was like seven minutes of action that was so jam packed. I loved every minute of it. No, and following very closely after is 2010's Kick Ass. Director Matthew Vaughn again. This time directs Nick Cage and introduces us to one of my favorite young female actors, uh, Chloe Grace Moretz. Um, seeing Nick Cage burned alive, an 11-year-old girl literally kicked the shit out of everyone uh, who could not love the fact in fact, foul-mouthed little Jim. It wasn't awful. It was It was freaking Mondo. The fact that she, she, she surprises this entire gangster unit who's about to beat the snot out of kick-ass and calls them all the C-word and then literally cuts them all the shit. That scene alone was worse. <laughs> uh, number eight, Constantine, directed directed by uh, Francis Lawrence, 2005. Keanu, Tilda, Peter Stormore. This is a trip to hell and back. Keanu, dial. This is your top ten, right? Yep. All right, I'd keep on going. I love Constantine so much. Uh, number seven, Leon the Professional, 1994, Luc Besson, uh, Jean Reno, um, Gary Oldman, and introducing to us Natalie, Natalie Portman. Portman. Oh, yep, love this movie. Number six is The African Queen, directed by the great John Houston, 1951. Humphrey Bogart and Catherine Hepburn. The first time I ever saw Catherine Hepburn was in this movie. Uh, I feel this probably was what the real Catherine Hepburn was about. I've seen documentaries on her from the beginning of this action flick. Uh, it, it's a it's a rush. Yeah, uh, it's if you haven't seen this movie, um, it's just to show how amazing uh, strong female lead character can be. She was a oh, especially a in that time, eh? To, oh yeah, like to, in 1951 to see her just bitch slap Humphrey Bogart through this whole movie was fantastic. <laughs> All right, my top five: Sin City, so many cool. great scenes, and my biggest creepiest creep crush, Elijah Wood and Rodriguez together. Mwah! Delicious. Nice. Uh, number four. Kill Bill, Volume 1 and 2, directed by Quentin Tarantino. All right. Uh, alone, they are great. Together, they are a perfect movie. I could I could just watch, sit and watch them back to back for, what would that be, five hours? Yeah, both would that. Be sure, sure bliss. Number three is also a bookend trilogy of John Wick 1 to 3, directed by Chad Saleski. Uh, first ever directorial outing was John Wick 1. Uh, but he was a stunt coordinator with Keanu. Uh, pencil and book killing spree, death by horse, killer dog, and the love of puppies. Bring me John Wick 4. I'm ready. Yeah, they were all right. Uh, you are nothing but broken. Uh, number two. And again, taking me back to 1989 when I saw this in the theaters in Chinatown in Winnipeg. The Killer. The uncut version. You watch the cut version, it's not as good. This is John Woo at his amazing best. Uh, it's an amazing buddy comedy action film. Uh, the uncut version is amazing. The cut version is still great, but it lacks the grit. First time I ever saw someone shoot his way through a floor to get from being killed 
so much guns and fighting. I love this you, movie. You got it's the cool. wrong John Woo masterpiece. Don't get me wrong. That one's good, but I like the one that's on my list better. Oh, well. We'll get I, to it. John Woo, if it's, if it's John Woo, it's going to be good. This was the first one I'd seen of John Woo. So, again, it's stuck in my mind. And I hadn't seen, I hadn't seen anything like, again, take me back to Rumble in the Bronx. The moment of time when I saw that, the moment of time I saw this, I went, who made this movie and how can I get more of it? I've probably seen this movie 50 times. Yeah, I, I love it. Uh, number one, and I had to rewatch this a couple times, but this is a movie for me that I will just sit and watch. It is funny as fuck. It is, it has got so many silly notes. And again, it has pulls all, it's so many influences in this movie. I'm going to give you, um, I'm going to give you a little bit of hints for it. Uh, hold on here. Let me just pull this out. Okay, so number one hint, multiple carrot murders. Number two, awesome soundtrack. Number three, baby delivery by gunpoint. Number four, heavy, maybe, heavy metal baby relaxer. Any, any guesses yet? No, what what am I missing? Surrogate, surrogate breastfeeding hookers, and finally, the best shootout orgasm scene ever shot. This is 2007. <laughs> Shoot 'em up, directed oh, by Michael Davis. Oh yeah. Stars, stars Clive Owen at his raging, ass-kicking best with Paul Giamatti. Uh, I just love everything about this movie. It oh. has humor, action, killing, vegetables, douchey bad guys. Uh, go-to film when I want violence and cute babies and hot kick-ass hookers, not necessarily in that order, uh, has my favorite line from any movie ever. I use, I used to use this line all the time and I'm, I'm going to start using it again because I miss it. And I quote, fuck you, you fucking fuckers. Uh, so all the best things from every action movie ever made but made it its own. My number one favorite action film of all time is Shoot 'Em Up. It was okay. You, buddy. All you're, right. You're just okay. Yeah, well, <laughs> you, you know I'm not going to get super enthusiastic over this category. It's not really my bag, but I'm going to give it a shot. All right. Anything that has to speed walk with you is going to be too fast. Oh, well, there you go. So I'm gonna I'm gonna do a few honorable mentions real quick. Um, Lock, stock, and two smoking barrels from 1998, and I might as well throw in Snatch from 2000 while I'm at it. Both directed by Guy Ritchie, and Brad Pitt's performance in Snatch should have gotten him an Academy Award. Not once upon a time in Hollywood, but I digress. Um, Agree. Yep. Drive 2011. Ryan Gosling in one of the only car movies I have ever liked. Um, and then, uh, also, uh, on my honorable mention, so close to making it onto the list was the Rover from 2014, uh, Robert Pattinson and Guy Pierce in, uh, post global, uh, a collapse in, uh, uh, Australia. Uh, really, really good movie. Uh, a lot of fun. It is good. All right. So top 10 action slash adventure, uh, had a tough time with this category as you know, I don't like car chases and I sure as heck don't like explosions, but here's what I came up with. Number 10, Good Time from 2017. The Safdie brothers give us tension-filled journey through New York starring Robert Pattinson. Hey, I just was talking about him. Uh, He's good, and that movie's good. Number 9, Tropic Thunder from 2008. Tom Cruise has never been better. 
Number eight, Kill Bill Volume 1 from 2003. I actually liked Volume 2 better, but I suppose this is the more action-y of the two films. Uh, Number seven. Uh Uh-oh, Sicario from 2015. Drug war at the U.S.-Mexico border border starring my man Benicio Del Toro. It is an excellent movie. Number six. I don't know how you didn't even mention this movie. Machete from 2010. So much ridiculous fun. Can't get enough of Danny Trejo. Uh, Number five. Yes. Number five. Hard Boiled from 1992. John Woo masterpiece from 92 that stars Chow Yun Fat. Super violent cop story from Hong Kong. So, so good. Uh, Number four. What are you talking about, meh? Hard Boiled (laughs) is the best John Woo film ever. Number four, House of Flying Daggers from 2004. Super stylized Chinese film. The use of color is breathtaking. And, you know, there's a lot of action in it as well. Uh, Number three, Red, White, and Blue from 2010. This is the second best revenge movie in the history of cinema. Uh, Stars Noah Taylor in one of the most chilling performances I have ever seen scene number two reservoir dogs from 1992 quentin tarantino's first effort as a director is still one of my all-time favorite movies every performance in it is mesmerizing from harvey keitel to michael madsen to tim roth to steve buscemi just a great movie and number one Old Boy from 2003, one of my favorite films of all time from the undoubted Chan Wook Park. A most unique and ultimately disturbing movie that has stayed with me for 17 years now. If you haven't seen it, you need to. But please do not watch the American version starring Josh Brolin. It pales in comparison to the original. This is the best revenge movie in the history of cinema And it proves beyond a shadow of a doubt that revenge is truly best when it is served cold. That is my list. Sweet. Sweet. I like this. I like this. It's good. Right on. All right. Right on, right on. So. Well, let's rage. Let's get back to raging and stop this. Yeah, it is a little bit too. There's lots of positivity. What's that about? Let's get back to what we're good at. All right, sir. Dun, 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 dun. Temperature rising. Vision blurring. Rage taking over. Well, my rage this week is going to be pretty quick because we I rage too much in our intro with our streaming. And the only thing I want to... I want to actually rage about, and I've talked about this a little bit already this year, is that I'm starting to rage now about the film festivals getting canceled. I understand that we have to have social distancing. We can't have them perhaps in the theater. But I had said this, and if you go back and listen to when we started this whole COVID craze, that we had to start looking at uh, ways that we can get our film festivals to stay alive and survive. I know we talked a little bit in the last little while how some of the 
uh, festivals are starting to put some things online for us to stream, but there's just not enough. There's going to be so many films that are independent and underground that are not going to come to the light of day from some of these great film festivals because there's just nowhere for them to be seen. Now, if our friends at Calgary Underground Film Fest end up canceling, right now they've postponed, but if they cancel their film festival, there may be a ton of movies that we are not going to get to see that is going to make me super sad. And knowing our friends from Cup, I'm hoping that they actually will actually publish if they have to cancel. Um, either their shorts like South by Southwest did or that they at least publish with the films they would have picked so that in the future we can see these movies because I know you and I would have seen every single one of the movies that would have been playing this week on this festival. There's, there's, they're all from different genres that we love. We do not like love mainstream as much as we love underground. And it's making me rage to know that there's, I'm, I'm watching streaming movies like Bethany Hamilton Unstoppable when I could be seeing films like we listed off earlier, like Frank. So my rage is short and sweet. Over to you. And I don't think it's as much of a rage as it is just a, a, a disappointment that this is kind of the way things are going right now. Um, having said mm. that, um, you know, I, 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 you're worried about, you know, not being able to see these films. I think you're still going, because the entire world's on hold right now. So nobody's making movies right now. Um, so I just am of the opinion that they're going to come to light because with everything being paused, once we start picking up again, I think they'll all find a, a home because there's going to be there's going to be some you know uh, content cravage out there. I don't know if that's a word. Um, so you know, I think they're all going to find the light of day. Um, it would be great if it was in a festival, and you know that still could happen. Um, but you know that's my kind of take on it. But yeah, I, I share in your disappointment with it all. Thank you. Yes. All right. So. With that being said, I guess we'll get on to my rage. What you thought, baby? All right, so here's my rage. And I'll try to go through this as quickly as possible. Why do actors not want to be on our undoubted list? They all seem to pick on... They all seem to pick a monster steaming pile to be in to avoid being undoubted. What is up with that? Actors should be an, that should be a no-brainer for the undoubted include Peter Dinklage should be undoubted, but he was in The Boss with Melissa McCarthy. How is Paul Giamatti not undoubted? Oh yeah, he was in San Andreas. But wait, that was about eight films ago and should drop off the the you know the last ten soon. Oh wait, yeah. a, oh wait again. Disney's Jungle Cruise is about to come out, which you know Paul's in. So so much for Paul. We're gonna have to wait another freaking decade. Um, but he'll choose something stupid in the meantime. Okay, but how about Sam Rockwell? Oh no, he was in that whitewash pile of crap, Best of Enemies. But surely Daniel Radcliffe could be undoubted. He makes good choices. Yes. Wait a second, wasn't he in Now You See Me too? Yeah, yeah, he was. Oh, well. Okay, maybe not Radcliffe, but surely Elijah Wood is undoubted. Uh, but wasn't he in The Last Witch Hunter with Vin Diesel not that long ago? Oh, Please yeah. I almost forgot about that. So much for Elijah. 
okay, but how about Natalie Portman? She has been on a pretty good roll. Oh, but she was in the almost unwatchable The Death and Life of John F. Donovan. Oh, forgot about that. Surely Gary Oldman is undoubted. Nope, he was in the absolutely brutal (laughs) Killers Anonymous. And finally, let's take a look at the man who has single-handedly kept so many off the undoubted with one crappy series of movies. I'm talking to you, Michael Bay. The Transformers series has contributed to keeping the following from being undoubted. Shia LaBeouf, John Turturro, John Malkovich, Francis McDormand, Stanley Tucci, and Anthony Hopkins. This is an A-list, totally undoubted list of actors, but they all found their way into the Transformers series. Shame on you, Michael Bay. Anyways, that is my rage. I just wish great actors would not sell out to the Michael Bays of the world and take their deserved place on our undoubted list. What do you think of that, Jim? Here, here. You know what? I was just kind of mellow and sad with my rage, but your rage really lit up and fire under my ass. I am now angry. Every single one of those actors you listed is one of my favorite actors. Yep. And now I'm really angry. I... I hated Michael Bay before you made that announcement, but now I hate him even more. He's so bad. Shame on you, Michael Bay. Shame on you, Michael Bay. All right. Stop making movies. Rage. Subsiding. Pulse. Slowing. Anger fading. Well, we both got to go on a fantastic voyage this last week as we got to pick something special from Murray Sweet Bag. Sure did. We got to see the fantastically brutal film that was made in, what year was it made? Do you remember now? 1984. 1984. That's right. Well, why don't you tell me what you thought of Cannonball Run, my little friend? All right. Did you rage as much as you thought we thought you were going to rage? Well, sir, here's what I thought. Uh, this was a hard watch. Um, there was lots of racist and sexist dialogue that wasn't funny in 1984, and it's even less funny in 2020. Um, it opens with a ridiculous car chase that has the police chasing, and I quote, Those are some good-looking chicks. Um, the, and I quote, good looking chicks get the white sprayed off of their car to change its color to red to fool the cops. Try to follow me here. But then they go speeding by the cops after changing the color of the car and start the car chase all over again. What was the point of that? Like seriously, at one point, a mob boss describing all the crimes he is involved in and he mentions prostitution twice to which one of his cohorts says, you said prostitution twice, to which he responded, yeah, because I like it. Is that funny? I, I don't know. That's, that's funny stuff, right? Um, we, also got li- <laughs> we also got lines like, I have a weakness for blondes and women without mustaches. Hilarious. And then at one point we got someone asking, Any ar- <laughs> this, is, this is great. Anyone around here speak Oriental? I don't even know. I don't even know what that means. Um, if there was a movie that did not age well, this is it. It was bad in 1984, but somehow over the years, it has become even worse. It's it's an ugly movie, 
total rage. Although the fact that there are were two songs about cannonballs in the soundtrack was impressive. We got cannonball and like a cannonball. Still, the movie was such a rage. I'm guessing you have a similar opinion, Jim. Well, I had so much hope for this, Bryce, because I really thought this could be one of those ones that was so bad that it was funny. But to your point, this, okay, I had written, just made a couple of notes here. Um, uh, thank you. This is the best thing I can say about this movie. What? <laughs> Nothing. That's it? <laughs> <laughs> that was it. Oh, but there's still points here. Yes. Uh, yeah. So, wow. The after listens movie is like the who's who of comedy from the 1950s, 60s, 70s, and 80s. Sure was. And not one, and not one funny moment among any of them. There, was, really there were no laughs. For this. There was nothing. But there was, so I couldn't even come up with funny quips because uh, I was in such a severe rage for an entire hour and 48 minutes. I only have two exceptions to the fact that there was two things that I liked about this movie. Number one, it had Tim Conway and Don Knotts together. They were in there for like two minutes. Yep. But the fact that they were in it made me laugh. What they did and how, what they happened, I love Tom Con Tim Conway and Don Knotts in everything they've done. This was terrible, but they were in it, so it made me smile. And the other thing that I loved about this movie, and I kind of wish that these two would have made a separate series of movies called Jackie and Richard traveling across America. I'll give you that one. Amazing. I'll give you Jackie that one. Chan Jackie Chan and Richard yep. Keel in this together. Those two were that, freaking hilarious. That should I have been the movie. They, that should have been the movie. Because the, the scene where they go underwater and then they're laughing. <laughs> At the back, that part I love. And it was so, in the in the comedy with them. You know, as I say, it, it, it wasn't ugly. Like the the rest of it was just so. Uh, I just that's I, like I, racist eighties yeah, crap. It, it was, was so uh, bad, unbelievable. And one last thing: this is a movie about a race, right? Yeah. Okay, so we didn't even see the finish of the race. Like, they literally Indeed, didn't show the race. Like, how is that possible? That this is a movie about the cannonball run. They're all in a race. And we didn't see the, the car, like, cross the finish line. I, I, I don't understand. No. We have no idea who won. And do we care? That's the bigger question. I think they showed who won, but I just, I don't know. I don't remember. It was, anyway, we've talked enough about it. This is a hard race. Yeah, I think the chimpanzee uh, won the race. That would be worth it. Well, I th I'm pretty All sure right. he did, <laughs> but we didn't uh, see him uh, cross the finish belief. line. But yeah, uh, it I was so bad, it. so bad. Um, All right, that, that's, All right, so that's enough gotta, about that. You, you have to make a choice of rage or dare this week. What do you uh, think? Let's see. Yours is the Ziploc bag if I choose rage, isn't it? Mm-hmm. All right, you know what? I am going away from the dare. I think I did. I dare back to back weeks. Might have, might not have. Well, you actually didn't rage on the last dare I gave you. I didn't rage if on that. You know what? No, I didn't. You that's, was a mayor, remember? Oh uh, yeah. You know what? On that. Hmm. Yeah, that's true. I, maybe I should go. That dare. might happen again. Nah, I'm just that gonna, might happen again. I am plucking out of your bag. Let's see what I uh -oh. got. I'm opening it up right now. 
I don't even want to open rage. I don't even want to open this. So I've plucked out of the rage bag. I still haven't opened it. I'm really dreading this. I don't know why. I see that it has plan in the title. I haven't opened it all the way. Oh, God. Escape plan. The extractors. I don't even know what that is. What is that, Jim? I don't know what it is. It, it, it sounds good. Escape plan. It, it sounds like it should be good, right? Yeah. Well, um, you will be in for a real, real treat for this because it stars one of my favorite actors, Sylvester Stallone. And Dave Batista and 50 Cent. As security expert Ray Breslin is hired to rescue the kidnapped daughter of a Hong Kong tech mogul from a formidable Latvian prison. And you can watch this on Amazon Prime. So be prepared to put your subtitles on and watch this fabulous Stallone film. Can I uh, enjoy? Can I choose another one? Nope. I think we should have one one mulligan where No. Nope. No. Nope. You did not get a mulligan. You could have chose there and you might have liked it better, but now you've got to watch this big steaming pile of crap. <laughs> I can't wait to hear how much you hated this. I really don't want to watch this, Jim. That's too bad. You pulled their bag, you get the pain. Fine. I've seen so many fucking ugly musicals. Alright, yes. <laughs> fair enough. So I'm watching Escape Plan. The Extractors. Uh, yeah, tune in next week to see what I think of it. Uh, I think I'm going to really like it. Maybe. Maybe it'll just be a mess. I think I'm going to hate it. <laughs> All right. I know you will. I think there was some other stuff All you right, wanted well. to talk about before we uh, close this thing Yeah. Up. Yeah, so we've, we've got another event we're doing this week. All you Raiders that are listening, uh, we're going to be on tomorrow. We're going to be doing some recording with our friends from Philadelphia, the best little whorehouse in Philly, where we are going to be talking about Let the Right One In. Let the Right One In is 2008, directed by Thomas Alfredson. Uh, and um, it's uh, collectively Film Rage's favorite horror movie of all time. Not individually, but for us three, including Murray, had vote on this. This became our favorite movie that we all agreed on could make our top top uh, horror film of all time. So stay tuned, and we'll connect it on social media to our friends in Philly, and George will do a great job. If you don't know his um, his site, you can he's usually on Twitter, and you can reach him at LittleHorrorPhil, P-H-L, uh, on, um, on Twitter. So watch for that. I guess that takes us to the end. I guess that does. This kind of flew by this week, didn't it? It did. So much rage, so much joy. Yes, indeed. All right, sir. All right. So with that being said. Hit me. Well, thanks, Ragers, for listening. Uh, thanks to extended film Rage crew of Murray, who's on sabbatical, Stephanie DeRoy, who's currently on Hades also, uh, Leonard Conlon for his artistic vision and photography, Beard Leonard Conlon photography, uh, our new cartoon artist, Vaughn, uh, listen to us on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. Please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And finally, at our website at filmrageyyc.com. 
Uh, we're always wanting your feedback. So please comment, send us notes, everything. We want to make this a raging blast for all listeners. So please comment often and please make us rage. Please, please. That's all for this week. Rage on. Rage on.